Welcome to the Self-Confidence Collective, a podcast that helps highly ambitious women learn how to build self-confidence and create a life that aligns with their goals. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Kelly, PhD, a career coach with 10 years of experience in the field of psychology. And if you're ready to feel inspired, empowered, and prepared to take on your next career goal, this podcast is going to help you build the self-confidence and trust you need to make that happen. It's time to learn how to get the most out of your life simply by changing the way you think about it. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Self-Confidence Collective Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest episode for you. I spoke with Shilpa Kulshreist, the founder of Skintillate, a peak performance coach. She's a keynote speaker and influencer and best-selling author of the book, Play It in Full. After being made redundant from a leadership position in a large corporation after two decades, Shilpa realized she had unconsciously slipped into mediocrity. She then went on a soul-searching journey to get out of the average game and step into her most powerful self. Shilpa has helped top executives at major companies like Microsoft, Google, Amazon, and Oracle, as well as several hundred professionals in 15 countries step out of mediocrity and build powerful careers. She has won multiple awards, including Women Entrepreneur of the Year, Changemaker of the Year, and she was a 40 over 40 winner and has been named among the top 100 most inspiring women across the globe. She's also a TEDx speaker, and her mission is to help professionals become mediocrity murderers, which we get into in the podcast, and create a life of power peace and prosperity. We talk all about her career journey and how she helps her clients stop settling for mediocrity in their careers. I know you're going to love this episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with Shilpa. She truly is an inspiration and you're going to get so much value from this episode. So without further ado, let's get into today's conversation with Shilpa Kulshreist. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to today's episode of the Self-Confidence Collective podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Shilpa on to the podcast today to talk to us. So welcome, Shilpa. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much. So I would love to start off the podcast by hearing a bit more about you and your story. So where you live, where you're from, and what you do. Definitely. So I stay in Sydney, Australia. And um, I came here 14 years back. I'm originally from India. 14 years, Australia is my home. This beautiful land has treated me really well. So I'm carrying India here. Uh, In fact, I carry the whole world in my heart. And that is related to what I do. I call myself a game changer coach, somebody who can help people change the game in their life across everything, you know, across their career, their their life, their leadership, their happiness, their family in a very short period of time. So this is what I do for mid-career professionals who have been in their career for 15, 20 years. And they are at that stage in life where career has become very mundane. They're not liking it. It has become boring or it is not giving them the juices that they were getting yesterday. And at that point, they're feeling a little bit lost or they feel that, you know, I've become part of the average game. So I work with those people to pull them out of that feeling where they feel that they can do so much more to actually expand their limits and, you know, create results that they are really proud of when they look at themselves in the mirror. That's amazing. And I'm wondering what brought you to Australia then? What brought me to Australia was um, uh, an opportunity for my husband and 
it's none different from usually what happens with women you know yeah. after you get married you follow the footsteps of your husband wherever he goes and it was a really good opportunity for kapil my husband he was he got this opportunity to start cognizant business in australia which was amazing so i resigned from my job i was working for tech mahindra um a service provider and i came with him to australia so just with dreams in our eyes we came here and started our life i've never been to australia i would love to go and i completely relate to what you were saying about you know moving there with your husband because i'm currently living in the south of ireland and people are like what are you doing down there and it's like well that's where my boyfriend's from so it's funny how we just end up in these places and um so i would love now to transition into talking about how you became a game changing career coach so can you tell me a bit about that story where do i start so let me go back to my to my childhood so i come from uh, an education background my dad was a professor and my mom was a principal in a school so you can imagine the emphasis you know especially uh, an indian family with Uh, parents from education background there was a huge emphasis on education and um, i thought that's all that i needed to be successful in my career so i wrapped myself up really well with five professional degrees so i was a school topper i was a national level ranker and then five professional degrees i was a ca a cpa a uh, law graduate uh, post graduate double post graduate and an mba i thought this is what is needed for me to be super successful in this world and i'm all set and i wouldn't lie it started off really well i was working for a startup and soon i think what uh, working for those degrees built inside me was an attitude a commitment a sincerity so because of my commitment and focus people started calling me as the one with a midas touch and uh, i was loving it who doesn't like all these kind of things all these results that you are producing everything that you touch it literally becomes code every customer every delivery every project and it continued for some time it continued for 10 years i would say and somewhere in that process as i said um a lot of things come up in life you know you get married you get pregnant you have kids uh you shift cities you shift countries and you know in this hustle and bustle of life somewhere and i don't know melissa when it happened how it happened i started giving my bare minimum you know um so i don't know where that high achiever went but i became part of the average game well i would have never realized it until 2018 when my company had enough of me and my non glamorous contribution they said we don't want you anymore and this one was a huge huge kick in the butt for me because all these years i stayed in that illusion that i'm still that outstanding person that gold medalist that national level ranker but the fact was years back i had stopped being one so at that point in life when you know i was at my bottom most it's not that um it's not that i had not tasted success before i had tasted success and this point like it was i had literally fallen from being a high achiever to my darkest pit so hiding it from the family hiding it from the friends saying that i have resigned and they were like why did you suddenly resign i said you know just it was not um, it was not something that i wanted to do at that point i had two choices one to pick up that huge chunk of money because i had worked for 16 years and with this company westpac for 9 years 
take that big chunk of money and go and join any other company. It's a very common thing that people are let go. But I wanted to, to really understand what happened to me. You know, uh, where did I lose it? Where did I slip? So I started asking myself for the first time in my life, uncomfortable questions. And with those questions in my mind, I started traveling the world, learning from the best coaches. I feel really grateful because I had the privilege of learning from the best of the best. And as I kept asking those questions, I started finding the answers because I had never, ever asked those questions. So, you know, that was the thing. But when I started asking, I started gathering myself back again. I started gathering all those pieces that I had left in the journey. And as I put back those missing pieces, I started finding a Shilpa that I had never seen before. You know, this Shilpa was really joyful. She was glowing. She was at her best. And I was like, oh my God, with just a few months of hard work, I can get there. Why don't I start helping the other people who are there? Because what had happened to me was I had become a mediocre over the years. I had mm -hmm. fallen down. So I started noticing more of the mediocres where people are not at their best and they're frustrated. They don't know what is happening, but, you know, life is not good for them. So I started working with those people to help them get back to their best game and even a much bigger game, better game, where they step from mediocrity to magnificence. And that brought me here uh, as a game changer coach working with mid-career professionals. Oh, my gosh. So you've only been doing this since 2018? just four years. Oh my gosh. And look at everything you've already accomplished. That's amazing. So inspiring. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about was how did you decide to start working with a coach? Had you looked into like, was it a life coach, a business coach, career coach? I would lie if I say it was, it was a product of my mind. So my husband, um, he was going through similar thing. Um, a year back, he had quit his job from Cognizant. He was a director there and he had quit his job and he had started working on himself. And it was huge failure for him for that one year. You know, we often joke like he ended up making only $17,000 in that whole year, you know. So it was a major failure from the financial side, but it expanded his mind and seeing his growth. I think he was the one who made me think that there's so much more. There's so much more to me. Uh, I need to just expand my limits, expand my mind, expand my vision. And that's where I said, let me explore what else is there for me. And honestly, Melissa, that Shilpa, I, I've always been an introvert. That Shilpa who's sitting in a corner of the floor, my uh, company's changed, my manager's changed, my projects changed, but that Shilpa didn't change. She was a loner sitting in one corner of uh, the floor always. She would have never imagined that she would be here. If, if not for my coaches, you know, they really, they really helped me get to my best. And it's not that I got the coaches and I left them when I got into my power zone. Even today, I practice what I preach. So I coach the people, but I have not forgotten to have a coach for myself. I still have two, three coaches with whom I work because I need to get my best to my clients. And for that, I need to constantly elevate my game. So I would say that's how it started and it continues even today. I think that what you were saying about your husband having his, you know, year of failing, well, financially failing, like sometimes I think that we need to get to that emotional rock bottom 
in order to get ourselves out of mediocrity, as you said, because mediocrity is quite comfortable. You can live that life that you were previously living, good company, probably a good paycheck, feeling secure about where you were, some job security. But when you're not putting yourself out there and chasing what you really want, you're just accepting you know, an okay life. That's what I talk about a lot. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, but I quit drinking in 2020. And I think that people do this a lot with drinking. Like they know that drinking every weekend might be negatively affecting their mental health, but they're not hitting that, you know, mental, physical, or emotional rock bottom in order to pick themselves back up again. And that's what I always talk about. Like I didn't have a rock bottom moment there, but I was still pushed emotionally to the point where I knew that I needed to make a change. And it's the same for so many people with their careers. Like it sometimes does need to get kind of bad before you begin to look around yourself and start to make a change. And so speaking of mediocrity, I know you talk a lot about that. You have a successful TED talk about that. And I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about what does the word mediocrity mean to you? What does that mean? Mediocrity in just simple sense it means average so when we start in life with a lot of us uh, our career is not of our choosing we choose it because society pushes us there our parents our background our family our conditioning pushes us into careers which were not made for us so when I look back at my career why I did CA was because I was a school topper and being a school topper in commerce it just naturally meant in that part of the world to become a CA and also because that was the only thing that my dad could afford you know professors they don't earn well so that was the only thing that my family could afford I remember in those days it was 750 rupees um, which is which is uh, just um, if I converted 10 dollars right that's all it was needed to step into that study whereas all other professions needed a lot of money and so I got into it it um, I, I did well in that uh, at times I did good at times I didn't do well but then I ended up uh, you know getting that degree but it was not my choosing it was not something that I opted for I just fell into it and then I fell into IT and then I went into uh, started working in an area which I had never ever imagined this happens with most of us right and at a point when we have worked for 15 16 years and when you're not getting the juices you realize this was probably not the thing that you were meant for right or probably this you know you need not completely transition your career you know uh, uh, it depends upon what you want you may completely change it or where you are stay where you are it is possible that you may feel that you're not at your best because you have just been flowing wherever life has been throwing you You've just been responding to those balls that life is throwing at you. So what I say is there are two things. One is either circumstances pushed you, which you mentioned, like in terms of um, your drinking and all those things. Right. So either circumstances push you to a rock bottom and that is where you need to work on yourself or if you're anticipating the doomsday or you it's not working well, you're not feeling good about yourself, not feeling that you are at your best and you have this. Uh, you know, 4am thought where you are questioning your identity. Who am I? Am I really doing justice to my existence? Um, then, you know, it is the time for you to identify, assess, have you become a mediocre? 
have you become part of the average game are you doing things which are too simple are you keeping away from things which will you know pull you towards your best you know are you in your comfort zone so that is what i call mediocrity those thoughts where you do not feel great about yourself and the work that you are doing i'm wondering whenever you went to transition your career and start you know you became a coach started your business how were you feeling around that time? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you like, oh my God, I'm so inspired. I know exactly what I'm doing. What was that like? That's a very good question. Honestly, um, I was um, I was a little bit, uh, I, I didn't have the imposter syndrome, but I was a little bit jealous with my husband because I'll tell you, and and this is this is a really important point because when I looked at him, he had these amazing successes and he had these horrible failures, you know. So his life had been ups and downs and ups and downs. And there was this strong man standing beside me and I was in complete awe of him. And I was like, he's got such amazing things in his life to coach. He had he was depressed for five years. He was fired from Microsoft and he was he would very proudly talk about it. And mm -hmm. For me, it was nothing. My career had been a boring straight line, you know, um, a movie which didn't even had colors. I was like, what is, what do I have to give to people? You know, why should, why would people come to me? And then I, you know, when I started thinking more and more and looking beyond, like, like expanding my horizons, I realized that my mediocrity was the bane of my life. That was, that was a pain that, you know, 70, 75% of the people go through. They are just living for the sake of living. They are just, there's a paycheck coming every month and they are just somehow managing it, paying the bills, going on weekend to parties, watching TV, having dinner, going to sleep, which is what I was doing. And if these people can be brought to their best, then, you know, the world will change. It will become a much better place for all of us. So, I pulled out that mediocrity of mine because um, because that was my pain. The reason why I want to mention this is because a lot of times we compare ourselves to people and we feel that they are awesome. They're rock stars. But, you know, each one of us is unique. If I had not, you know, gathered the crux, the essence of my life being a mediocre, I wouldn't have been in a position to actually be a messenger for that message and murder that mediocrity from the world. So murdering mediocrity became my unique self, became my mission, which was very different from somebody else with whom I was standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Now, when we started, it wasn't easy. As I said, my husband, he, the whole year had been a complete failure uh, financially. And when I joined, life wasn't easy. And slowly, what happened was we because I I and him, we didn't know how to sell ourselves to the market. Like it is very difficult when you are in a corporate, you get projects, you know, you get projects, you deliver. So you know how to deliver. But what you don't know is how to sell yourself yes. in the market. Going <laughs> out there and you're saying, well, I can completely change your game. Pay me this much money. It's a very hard thing to say, right? So we didn't know that. And it was all by word of mouth, which is a very slow pace. It was all organic. And um, slowly it was, it brought us to a point where uh, we had just $563 left in our bank with two dependent daughters, one of them in year 12, given her HSC 
and it became very very difficult for us financially like what do we do and you know when things don't work you have all these well-wishers running to you your family advising you go back you both you both were doing so well in the corporate they didn't know the truth but they would say like go back to it and you were such senior positions go do that you know that well this is not your thing you're too uh you know you, um you you're not an entrepreneur nobody in our family has been an entrepreneur and we were like no we have not done this to go back so um we one day when it became too much um uh, we uh we took we did three things one is we called the bank so when we were literally broke, we called the bank for hardship allowance, which meant that a huge mortgage, which was sitting on our, on our head, that, you know, that stopped, that pressure stopped for a few months. Second thing is we borrowed a huge chunk of money from a friend. I won't tell you the amount because people will be, oh my God, but we <laughs> took a huge chunk of money so yeah. that we can invest in us. This is a point which people miss because who we were at that point of time, who I was, I was not capable of producing the results that I create today. So I had to invest in myself. I couldn't have skipped that step. I couldn't have, have kept doing what I was doing and, you know, hope that it will bring me the results. I had to grow as a person. So took that chunk, big chunk of money to invest, to grow, to learn from the coaches, life coach, business coach, um, voice coach, mindset coach, all coaches, you know, I, I flooded myself with a lot of inputs and I was implementing it all. This is what I was doing. And the third thing, when it became too difficult for us, um, we just got up one day and in the middle of our living room, created a wall, just divided our living room into two parts. And one portion of it came on Airbnb and that Airbnb fed us grocery from the back strengths of the vegetable shops, you know, one day old vegetables, one day stale vegetables that fed us grocery for a few months. But with all that, we ended up making a by in 11 months, we were making five times more money than what we were making in the corporate. That is incredible. I just love that story so much. And I can really relate to what you were saying about your friends and family being like, just go back. What are you doing? Why are you starting this business? Because um, I got my PhD last year and I was getting offered these really amazing research positions. And that's when I decided this is not for me because research positions would just be more in the same of what I was doing for my PhD. And I did not align with that anymore. And friends and family are, were like, what are you doing? Like, you have this amazing opportunity. You work so hard for this. And they really just can't understand it. That drive, that passion that you have to just go after this goal. And it's amazing to hear the success that you had then as well towards the end of your first year, which is incredible. Whenever you start your entrepreneurial journey, and especially like you're gonna, any career journey, any career transition, there's gonna be roadblocks, there's gonna be failures, but it's getting really comfortable with the failures. That's what helps you build the self-confidence because the worst part about a failure is not what happens is what you make that mean about yourself. And when you are willing to overcome those failures, in spite of the negative emotion that you're feeling, that's what truly breeds that internal confidence, because confidence is just your willingness to put yourself out there and feel the discomfort 
the uncomfortable emotions needed to pursue your goal. I'm sure whenever you're telling the story now, it's like, you know, it's, I like to say whenever these things happen, like I'm in my, basically just finished my first year of business. And so I've had my own share of failures, trying things out, things didn't work, all that, like struggling with, you know, getting clients sometimes and all of those fun things. And in the moment, it's horrible. In the moment, you're like, oh my God, I'm never, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. But then half of you is like, no, keep going. And um, I'm sure now, as you look back, you're probably like, oh, that's an amazing story. It's an amazing triumph. But I'm wondering, how were you actually feeling in the day to day as all of that was happening? How was your mindset? It was scary. I I, I just want to admit that it was scary. And um when you look back, when you look at other people's life, it is like flashcards. You see this and then you see something else and then you see something else and you just see those flashcards. So today it sounds all rosy, all, you know, people say you're a great success, but what has gone behind it, you know, that only I know. So there were times when I was like, almost at the verge of giving up <laughs> and they were like I'm a career coach and I don't think I've ever said this in any podcast but there was a time when I was preparing people for interviews so I've got this amazing skill if I can prepare people for the interviews then they will rock it no matter what they are going to clear it you know so I was preparing them for interviews and they didn't know they didn't know that I was going for interviews as well. And this was when the financial pressure was so much. And I said, okay, just for a month, I'll pick up because they pay you $1,000 a day. You know, $1,000 a day is a lot based on like when you're not making any money, $1,000 a day is a lot. So, and I always feared, Melissa, if I am in that interview and if my clients end up being there, what will it mean for me? It was, it was that kind of scare. And then I did it two, three times that I was going for the interviews. And, and one day, suddenly a job came up, you know, um, I cleared an interview. I was pretty good at that. I cleared an interview and uh, there was an offer. And I remember that moment. And I think that was the pivotal moment where I knew I can get $1,000 a day starting that Monday, but I said no to it. I said no to it because some somehow in that moment I still remember where I was sitting in the backyard and I just received that phone call from the recruiter and uh, my husband came and he was like okay you wanted it you've got it and my face was red I was I was just not there and he said what happened I said I was literally crying and I said I don't want to do this and he said you don't have to right and I think that moment defined our way forward and after that moment, you know, there was no doubt, there was nothing, things worked, not worked. Um, you know, I was constantly figuring out a way forward. I think that brought us to where we are today. So there were difficult moments, there were tearful moments, there were sleepless nights, there were moments where uh, we told our daughters when they go out to food court with their friends, you know, when they're doing their, uh, when, when your friends are having your lunch, you just go here and there, go for window shopping because we couldn't afford the $10, right? So, so these are the moments I can't even tell. This is all that has gone behind. But one thing that I was really good at was results. You know, if, 
if somebody comes to me, I will commit myself. And this comes from that education background that I was talking about. You know, uh, one skill that that developed was I would commit myself to them, sometimes even more than themselves, because they might forget what they have signed up for. I will not forget. I think as coaches, it's so important that we hold the belief for our clients whenever they might not necessarily fully believe in themselves, because that is how this beautiful transformation is created when you have full faith in someone because you're holding space for them and you're seeing everything that they can't see. And it's quite interesting. I feel like, um, so I am a career coach, but I like to say that I'm a life coach disguised as a career coach because I really do focus on um, helping my clients take back that control and awareness of how the way that they're thinking and their mindset and the way that they are working through their emotions will help them build self-confidence and level up their career. And so I don't actually focus on resume writing or interview skills. So that's not really something that I've spoken about here on the podcast, but I know that so many of my listeners are probably in that phase right now of maybe seeking for a job, going through the application and the interview process. Could you maybe roughly um, outline the what you work with clients on whenever you're helping them through interviews? Absolutely. So what you said, Melissa, that's exactly true for me as well. You know, career is the easiest thing for us to talk about. You know, that is the opening that people want to leverage because it is easy to say, I want to get to this level in my career. Behind that door, there are a lot of other things, you know, as you said, emotions, confidence, belief, the habits, the patterns, we need to really work on them. And that's what I work with uh, my clients so that they can get that confidence, that belief. So I work at the roots. It is not about the other job. Getting a job, it's the easiest thing in the world, right? If you have this, it's all, all it requires is some, is a strategy, some tools, some tactics, you can get there. But you're carrying the same you there. Right? You're carrying the same baggages. You're carrying the same patterns, habits, belief system. So you need to work on yourself as an individual so that you can become the person who can completely transform your game in that next thing that you are looking for, whether it is a new job or a new career, whatever it is. So that's what basically I work with people on. And the interview thing that I worked about, it's just a subset of, you know, there are people who want to get a new job. So I work with them in addition to getting them the confidence, getting them a space that I call a flow state where things are flowing, you know, uh, it's it's a power zone where you are daily creating wins day in and day, in and day out, you're doing that. In addition to that, if people want, if job is the next thing, I help them through these uh, three, four things, which, are, which I think are really important for them to get there. One is the resume. We make a big deal out of that resume, but how we can just look at that piece of paper and make it so simple and so attractive that wherever it goes, people cannot ignore it. Your resume will be selected. Secondly, how do they apply for the jobs? That, that whole space. Thirdly, how do they, uh, when an interview call comes, how do they go there and present themselves as a package, showcase themselves authentically that the person on the other side of the table says, this is the person that I want. This is exactly the skill that I'm looking for. This is the experience. No matter how much gap is there, how much capability gap is there. It is not that uh, you have to, you, you have to know everything. You must have done everything that they're looking for. It is 
how you showcase yourself. And if they see you as the person who can get them the results, they are going to hire you. And then it is about negotiating your salary so that you can get to your best. It's a win-win situation for everyone. So that's a thing that comes, you know, I do it along with the working at the roots, but, you know, people get results. So people, when I work with them, they they get promoted no matter for how long they're stuck on the same level, whether it is eight years, nine years, they get promoted in a very short period of time, three to five months, they get promoted. They are able to get the job again in a very short period of time with a double salary. So people have got somewhere between 53% increase in the salary to tripling their salaries again in a in, in short period of time. And um, also they are able to move from an individual contributor role to a uh, to a leadership executive le leadership position. Uh, they are able to get that joy because ultimately, you know, at the essence of it, all Melissa, whether it is career, whether it is life, whether it is interview, getting that job, I think what we all need is a happy life. We all need euphoria. In fact, the name of my program is Euphoria because um, that's what is, I think that's my, that's my highest uh, value. That's the, that's in my value system. Euphoria, authenticity, joy, uh, if I can get them that, I know they're living at the best. I love that word euphoria as well. And um, I think a lot of people, whenever they're in the job application process, they're so focused on how can I make the employer choose me? And what does the employer think of me? Where those are not necessarily the most important questions, I think. And I have worked on some clients who are apply with some clients who are applying for jobs and through this process on their mindset because you have to choose yourself first. You have to get out of confusion. You have to believe in yourself because that shows up when you write the resume. All of our actions and behaviors are motivated by our emotions and our emotions are created through the way that we think and believe about ourselves. So at the root of everything is your mindset. And as you said, it's so important to create happiness, joy, euphoria. And sometimes this is what I've been realizing too. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be through your career, right? So I've been focusing on like, how do you want to feel when you get this job? I want to feel excited. I want to feel happy, motivated. Okay. If you're putting, if you're it's very difficult to create those feelings when you're thinking about this job search right now, because there's a lot of resistance and negative emotion tied up into that. Why don't we just focus over here so that you can get into the habit of looking around your life and finding ways that you can feel those way, those ways now, because the job is never going to make you happy, right? Because a job is a circumstance and what creates our feelings of happiness and success and joy always comes from within, right? And it's how we think about the job. It's how we think about ourselves in the job. You might be excited when you get a job or achieve a career goal, but that's not because of the goal. That's because of what you're telling yourself about yourself. So I think that that is um, amazing that you work on all of those aspects. And I wanted to know what your advice would be, because I know a lot of people are looking for jobs right now, changing their careers. I think I don't even know what the resignation rate is right now. Like after the pandemic, everyone's reevaluating everything. What would your advice be to someone who has identified themselves and what you were saying about living a mediocre life and are wanting to take the next steps towards transitioning out of their current career into a new career. My one piece of advice would be 
um, you know, give up giving up. Give up giving up whatever you want to do in the next level. So let's say when we are talking about jobs, know that it is the easiest thing to get. What is difficult is the inner work, which you were talking about, Melissa. The inner work gets you the outer results. So do not focus on the short-term things. You will get a job today, tomorrow, in two months, in three months, in two weeks, you will get a job. That should not be your focus. Your focus should be on how do I figure out my blockers? Because most of the time we focus on those green arrows going upwards, job, next job, promotion, doubling my salary, uh, becoming a leader, thought leader, having my brand. You will get all that. What you need to focus on is the red arrows which are keeping you chained where you are. These are your blockers. You know, you need to unchain yourself from that. Very important thing that you need to look into is your belief system. What you believe about yourself is what you end up creating in life. If you believe the interview is a difficult thing for you, you will yes. end up screwing it up, right? If you believe that people will not pick up your resume, yes, your resume will be rejected because it throws those vibes. So firstly, you need to really be strong, standing strong on those tall feet. You know, you, you need to be standing strong on those feet. And once you do that, once you are comfortable about yourself, once you're not too tight and um, going for an interview, if you can tell the person on the other side that you are there to make them successful, very simple thing. But most people don't get it. If you're there and that person can understand you're there to make that person successful, you will get the job. You just, you just need to be completely authentic, completely at peace um relaxed and just being your most authentic self and if you can learn this art wherever you go you walk into a meeting room or you walk into an interview or you walk into a group of friends you walk into a networking event or you walk even inside your house if you can be just comfortable with your authenticity you will attract the best in your life a hundred percent i love what you were just saying there like if you don't believe that you can get a job like your thoughts do create your reality. You're creating your reality every single day through the way that you're perceiving what's going on in the world. So if you think the job search is going to be really hard and exhausting, it's going to be really hard and exhausting. And if you think that your resume is not good enough to land this job, that's going to come across and your resume is not going to be good enough to land that job simply because of what you're telling yourself and how you're probably feeling about yourself when you write it. So you're probably not focusing on the things that you would need to focus on in order to project that value to whoever is employing you or potentially employing you. This is, this is really good what you are saying um, because I see a lot of people, you know, their their belief system is reflected in that piece of paper. When I see, as you said, you know, it is reflected in that. And I want to mention here, rather than making it a full-time job, in case you're looking for your next opportunity, do not stress whole day. Do not make it your full-time job. For focus, like just put two hours in your calendar, maybe the early part of the day, two hours, nine to 11, I'm going to look for the job. And just apply, just focus on two jobs. And every, each one that you apply for, make sure that you customize the resume. Now with the word customize, it doesn't mean that I'm asking you to fake it. Fakeness, you will fall flat on your, on your face. Yeah. Not fake but actually customize it so that you can you can 
prove with that piece of paper that you are the one for that job. You know, that's what you have to do. So spend some time on your resume. Don't just take one resume and apply it everywhere. You know, just send, 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 send button. Don't do that. Uh, customize it for every job. Spend 45 minutes on it, on every job that you apply. Apply for only one job a day. That's it. You know, yeah. do not go by the bulk approach, volume approach, and then figure out why I'm not getting all the response. But whatever you do, you well, you do well. And I assure you, you'll get the response. If you spend 45 minutes on your resume before sending it, you will get the response from those people. Yeah, I love what you're saying there because um, I just recently started using LinkedIn a bit more and there's a lot of job seekers on there, obviously documenting their experiences. And so many of them will say like, I have sent out 400 resumes and I've still heard nothing or hundreds and hundreds of resumes. I'm applying to like 10 companies a day. And as you were saying, talking about that volume and, you know, I love what you were saying because so many people think that you have to make looking for a job into your full-time job. But when you don't have a job and you're so focused on getting a job, there's probably a lot of resistance there. There's probably a lot of negative feelings there when this is probably a part of or a time period in your life where you have an abundance of time. You might not have an abundance of money, which is coming from the job and probably why you're looking for it. But if you can focus on the abundance of time that you have, maybe focus on healthy habits, doing things that you always say you want to do, like cooking or getting out in nature or watching that TV show that you could never watch. Like you want to be able to use this time for yourself to help yourself feel better because if you're applying to hundreds of jobs, you're probably telling yourself at some level that you're confused about what you want. And that's going to come across because you cannot be putting that much time and energy into applying to that many jobs and really be all in, really be all in in the belief that this is a job because it only takes one application to get a job. You only need one interview to get a job and it needs to be the right interview. So when you increase your volume, it's and you you know now probably this isn't working, maybe it's time for a change. And what I always say is how you get the job, how you feel when you get the job or going after the job is how you're going to feel when you are maintaining the job. It's the same with anything else because that thought pattern is there. I'm not good enough. I don't think my, I don't know if my skills are good enough for this. That doesn't stop. If you're in the thought pattern of I'm not good enough, my skills aren't good enough, questioning yourself, not believing in yourself, feeling confused about what you want. That doesn't change when your circumstances change because those are thought patterns that you are in that you must work towards changing through identifying limiting beliefs, working with the coach, therapist, just questioning yourself, like what you were saying, like asking yourself all of those big, important questions. So I think that that's great advice because you don't need to be applying for hundreds of jobs every month to get your job. True, true. And one more thing I really want to mention here, Melissa, is that this is the time for you to network. When I say two hours spent on that job search, sometimes keep for yourself, for your family, because you're not going to get this time back. Yeah. Uh, but a chunk of time, maybe an hour every day, or pick up a day in the week where you go on coffee catch up. So uh, I advise people just go to the hub where people work and sit there, sit there and one after the other have coffee catch up. Spend a day immersing yourself in building that networking because relationships is how you get the job. 90% of the time, this is what I have seen. So you keep applying, 
but keep building that relationship. And this is true not only when you are applying for a job, otherwise also to grow in your career beyond a certain stage, you do need your relationship capital. Start building it if you haven't invested in that yet. Yeah, that's such a great point about networking because that's so important. Even if you're networking with fellow job seekers as well, like people who are in the same boat as you, just connecting with people and hearing how they're going about things, especially if you can't afford a coach or if you can't afford you know, mentorship or whatever it is, someone to look at your resume, you can still get in contact with other people who are in the same boat as you. And there's just so many opportunities. Like you have the chance right now, if you're in that limbo in between stage of applying for jobs, maybe you currently don't have a job. There's so many possibilities, but we just block ourselves mentally because we're just so fixated on this one thing that's not working. We can't get the job. And so as a human being, we tell our brains what to focus on. And so if we're focused on what's not working, our brain's going to find more evidence of what's not working. And so you need to shift into looking at your life and looking looking at what is working, looking at what's going well, what are you happy and proud and feeling excited about in your life now, because those feelings are going to help you through this job search. Because if you're miserable during the job search, you're going to attract a miserable job. Because if you're feeling miserable throughout your job search, you're probably going to feel miserable when you get the job because it's going to be a letdown. It's not going to give you this, the you know confidence, feelings of success, feelings of pride, because those are, as we have been talking about, always an internal job. Absolutely. You're spot on, Melissa, with that. So we're coming towards the end of this interview and you have been an amazing guest and I will link all of um, Shilpa's work and how to get in contact with her in the show notes of this episode. But I wanted to talk now a bit about what are you excited for in your career? What exciting things do you have lined up? A lot of amazing things, uh, Melissa. So the biggest excitement I have in my life is towards my learning. So every two months, I um, I love doing some other programs. So there are some things in my calendar for the next year. There's a lot of travel coming up. And um, I am taking my journey to the next level by doing events. So I've recently started these four-hour events, which I do even in the US time zone. So I do it with, for the various time zones where I share a lot of golden nuggets about uh, you know what people can do to take their game to the next level and this these events i think i've done um, second of it i've done the second event last weekend and this is blowing my mind over uh, with the possibilities people are coming up with so i'm really excited and i see that stage getting bigger and better and more people getting impacted because some people can do afford the coaches they can get and, and coaching honestly it cut shorts your journey by 10 times. I would yes. say. I wouldn't have been here without my yeah. coaches. But there are those people whom, you know, I wouldn't be able to help if I'm just focusing on my coaching clients. So these events are giving me an opportunity to multiply that impact and to reach out to the people whom I wouldn't have been able to reach. So I'm really excited for all that uh, is opening up in my life through these events. And I hope these become bigger and better and more people are able to uh, able to benefit from these golden nuggets that I keep sharing. That is amazing. I hope I wish you all the best with those. And I loved what you were saying there about how coaching just ex- like exceeds your impact 10 times, because I really do believe that 
coaching collapses time because whenever you focus on the mental side of things and you're working one-on-one with someone who believes in you, that's like a catapult into your next career move. Like it doesn't need to be, you know, 10 weeks of applying for jobs. You can get a job in the next week, in the next month. And I love that so much. So Thank you very much for coming on and speaking with me today. I'm sure my listeners got so many valuable nuggets, as you were saying, um, throughout this interview. And hopefully we get to connect sometime soon in the future. Who knows? Absolutely. It has been such a pleasure, Melissa, and the quality of questions. I'm glad you asked the questions which enabled me to share my insights. So thank you for that. And thank you, audience, for listening to us. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed creating it, please subscribe and leave a review. Make sure you head to melissakellyphd.com forward slash self-confidence to download my free five-step formula for building self-confidence and to receive updates about the next cycle of my group coaching program, which is also called the Self-Confidence Collective. You can also work with me individually, so book a free consultation or join the waitlist for my three-month one-on-one career coaching program. All the links you need will be in the show notes. Have a beautiful day, my friend, and I'll talk to you next time.